You're listening to the Big Finish Podcast. We're launching right at you on the 29th of September, 2019. I'm looking for my friends. So you said your grandfather and uh, Ian, was it? And Barbara. I thought they were here, but I've opened every cell in the whole facility. Every cell? Coming up in this podcast, we'll be plug, plug, plugging the Paternoster Gang Heritage 2. And I'm happy to report that we'll be delving into your emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Then we'll plunge behind the scenes with Ravenous 4, the latest rip-roaring adventure for Paul McGann's 8th Doctor. And we'll be giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Mm. Big Finish release. Gosh. And we'll be drama-teasing you with the first 15 minutes of Doctor Who, The Companion Chronicles, The First Doctor, Volume 03. That, Sarah, is very important if you're looking for it at bigfinish.com. Kill Nick and Benji. I'm Benji, he's Nick, and we're part of the trusty Big Finish gang, hiding out in the mountains ready to strike at our Dalek overlords and return the planet Earth to its rightful rulers, the human beings! Is that the right script? Um, no, hold on, hold on a minute, let me just... I just, um... Ah, yes, here we go. Um, uh, uh, Big Finish, uh, the deodorising spray that uh, resolutely waves bye-bye to all those unpleasant household smells. (laughs) Yes, there it is, yes. (laughs) Just one squirt and we'll leave you smelling like lemons. Oh, uh, we actually make great audio drama and audiobooks based on Nog in the Nog, The Magic Roundabout, and Mary Mungo and Mitch. No, 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 you, no, you've got the wrong script now. Hold on, no, it's look, 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 there. We go. Look, look, it's in Comic Sans at the bottom. It's Doctor <laughs> Who, Torchwood, Dark Shadows, Blake Seven, Sherlock Holmes, The Prisoner, The Avengers, Space 1985, sorry 1999, sorry stuff like that. Basically, oh, yes. all available from BigFinish.com on digital download uh, or uh, CDs collector's edition. I mean, they're just everything, everything. Thank you, thank you for correcting my bad typing Woo! there as well. Uh, got it, right, brilliant. Uh, before we do some plugging, let's have a look at the reviews for Sixth Doctor Colin Baker's latest encounter with his arch enemies, the Daleks. Doctor Who, Emissary of the Daleks. Twelve years ago, the Masters came from the stars with terrible weapons. Hundreds of thousands died in the first attack. Exterminate! Our military made a stand, but the Masters, in their wisdom and with their superior intelligence, circumvented our defences and secured their great victory. We are the Masters of Omnia. Today is the day that all Omnians will learn the high cost of any act of resistance against the Daleks. The people of Omnia were grateful to become subject to their will, and the law was made. Someone's coming. It's Rhaegar. Who? Carmen Rhaegar, the Magister, the Master's puppet. You know the Daleks, so you know how powerful they are and how ruthless. The only hope is to cooperate. Cooperate? 
Or do you mean collaborate? Like you. Siding with the Daleks to subjugate and oppress your own people. State your name. Perry. I'm Perry. Kilfar responds. You are a companion of the Doctor. Answer. Answer. Yes. And I'll tell you one thing. You do have a resistance problem on this planet, a serious one. Where? You're looking at him. Big Finish. We love stories. IndieMacUser.co.uk says, As a whole, Emissary of the Daleks is a strong Dalek adventure with a lot to enjoy and recommend. It works with all its elements extremely well. It's a fun return to form for Doctor Who's prominent pepper pots and at its best is an epic excursion that's highly recommended for all Whovians, old and new. 8 out of 10. <gasps> Not bad. Blogtohoo.com say it's such a privilege to hear more stories with Colin Baker and Nicola Bryant in bold. The ease and comfort with 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 which these with which I read this, with which these two interact is always enjoyable to listen to. The way they bring in the rest of the cast and set the tone is something special. It's the perspective that we're treated to with some generally genuinely good very good performances i wish i could read um none of which are overblown or exaggerated which makes this story so well done oh thank you well over at cultbox.co.uk this is what they're saying this is another gratifying outing for the sixth doctor who is granted the opportunity to be both deductive and heroic Mm. and colin baker again proves what he could always just making up the words now. Colin Baker again <laughs> proves what he could have done on screen if given the chance. With the frying pan. Oh, sorry. With the frying pan up. and five kippers. Uh, relieved <laughs> the, of the bickering, he and Nicola Bryant's Perry are well-matched pair, uh, and she has plenty to do when the story forces them apart. Action-packed and full of Dalek nastiness, yes. this is another surefire hit. Oh, that's nice. Yes, it was fun to do. Um, uh, let me just grab one from the many Twitter comments. At uh, Pikmin says, Finished the At Big Finish main range release Emissary of the Daleks by Andrew Smith. It was an absolute cracker. Best hashtag Doctor Who, hashtag Big Finish, hashtag Dalek story I have listened to in a long time. At Sawbones Hex, which is Colin Baker, of course, and at The Nicola Bryant, which is Nicola Bryant, were on top form, as were the whole of the cast. Hashtag buy it. Well, I couldn't say better than that. Well, more reviews on uh, next week, of course, and next week we will be looking at Torchwood, the Hope. Here at the edge of the Hope, relatives of the victim stand vigil, wondering if the woman found guilty of destroying so many lives will grant them some peace at long last. Today, perhaps, the black heart of this desolate moorland will finally give up their loved ones. It's just you and me. It's okay. I want you to see something no one else alive has ever seen. But do you think it could be aliens? You are. Well, you think that, despite it all, she didn't do it? Something took them? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Well, it'd make you happy. You two have got a bond. Do you think what 
she did. I mean, come on, no one can be that evil. I've been away from here for so long. I'd forgotten what it made me. Big finish. We love stories. Stop this! Stop! Stop! Please! Please! Right, let's do some blatant plugging. The Paternoster Gang Heritage 2 is out this month, and here is the lowdown. So, to recap, the dead have returned to Creighton Castle, and we must kill them. Even you must admit that wouldn't be possible. I can kill anything. The dead. Anything. We cannot kill what does not live. Their spirits must be captured, their essence bound. Yes, you were talking about that earlier. You have a device for such things. Oh, madam, I have a device for everything. Hello, I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of The Paternoster Gang. And I'm Ken Bentley, and I have directed The Paternoster Gang. Over to you. Listen. On the other side of that door, there is a street full of people who know nothing of your conflict. And beyond that, another street and another. Hundreds, thousands, millions of souls, citizens of London, of this planet, the Earth. A policeman guards the door, we guard the planet. Whatever disagreements you may have, this place will not be your battleground, for it is protected. Lovely, thank you. The lovely thing about the Paternoster Gang is it's it's all felt very easy, actually, and it, it kind of all happened very naturally, hasn't it? There's been no sense of trying to make something work. It's just... It just has worked. It's worked. Yeah. I'm Matt Fitton, and I script-edit Paternoster Gang Heritage. Well, now we'd established the gang and their operation in, in London, we throw a few more varied cases at them, and start in the background to reveal something of um, an arc bubbling underneath. My name's Catherine Stewart and I play Jenny Flint. My name's Neve McIntosh and I play Madame Vastra. Can you tell what I'm thinking? I can hazard a guess, my dear. If our love can transcend species, it gives me a hope that our erstwhile guests can refrain from destroying each other. For a while, at least. There's always a, like, a, a quick little moment for me of like going, right, what does she sound like again? Yeah, and me then, too. <laughs> I feel like my Jenny, like that. my voice gets more high-pitched every time I do Jenny. Yeah. She hasn't aged. <laughs> no, never, never. She's I am Dan Starkey. I play Commander Strex, and also I have written this episode. Diplomatic territory, a peace conference, here? Oh, the shame of it. Your objections are noted, Strax. And ignored. Pusillanimous anal chicanery. Your team up. Well, the other scripts I've done, I've ended up so like just uh, dropping in the odd line and stuff. But I think it's knowing Strax's voice, obviously, very, very clearly. I know I could write for Strax, and then it's a question of so like everything else around him, because I think it's Jenny and Vastra I know, and I think the kind of world that we wanted to create. But it's interesting because it's, it's, it's funny, sort of casting your mind back. Yeah, when I was thinking about uh, the televised episodes, it was quite a long time since since we actually made those. I think the last one was filmed in 2014, so that's a good that's a good five years ago. But it's nice putting yourself back into that sort of mindset and sort of going, oh yeah, this is an exciting world that we started to explore on screen. But it's nice it's nice being able to explore it in the imagination a lot more and like fill out some of the details of it. So yeah, it's it's, it's great fun. This story really started. Its roots lie way back. In the beginning, our very first meeting, 
in the Big Finish office where Neve and Dan came along and Ken and I and Matt Fitton sat around and threw ideas at the wall. Dan expressed an interest in writing one and one of the ideas that was flying around was the Paternoster Gang does Upstairs Downstairs. That's right. Yeah, um, I remember and, now. And Dan grabbed that, that slot. He wanted to write that one. And this is the result. And if you want to order it, go straight to bigfinish.com, type in Heritage 2, that's Ask the number the 2. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And to put it in the search engine and bada-bing, bada-boom, there it shall be. In the search engine, you have to do that a little... Uh, uh, thing in the air the little question mark no it's no it's um magnifying glass oh yeah uh out this month this week in fact is a rather fascinating doctor who short trip by carrie thompson performed by sarah sutton brilliantly performed actually it's the second oldest question from big finish productions you stand accused of civil disobedience theft and arson how do you plead Doctor Who, short trips, the second oldest question. I'm the doctor, travelling barrister at law. Bennett took his position in front of the judge. Before I start, Your Honour, I would just like to ask something of my opponent here. He rounded on the doctor, smirking, eyebrows raised. You call yourself the doctor. So which are you? He jabbed. A lawyer? Or a doctor. The doctor looked across the square towards Nyssa and flashed her a mischievous grin. He detected her confusion and it tickled him greatly. He swiftly dashed towards her and whispered conspiratorially, I'm about to reveal to you the answer to the second oldest question in the universe. Big finish. We love stories. And you can get that on digital download by going to bigfinish.com. Simply type oldest, that's all you have to type, into the search engine with the the little uh, magnifying glass. And it'll be your first option on that search. Just... Right at the top there, but time now. And also, if, if you want to, if you want to yeah, enhance your experience, yes. instead of just you know typing oldest, you can also say it out loud in a sort of Jeffrey Bailden type way. Ooh. Oldest. I was doing Jeffrey Old. Beavers. I was getting my Jeffrey Beavers. Oldest. Proctonemon. Yes, time now to delve into your emails. Well, of course, it is that time. My favourite time. The time. Time itself stops for emails. And Mm. if you want to send an email, a communications emblem this way, you can simply type in your email device, podcast at bigfinish.com. The word podcast, the squiggly A, bigfinish and dot com. And write whatever you like, providing it's nice, of course, and send it off. So um, first up, this one here is from Laurie Anderson. Dear Big Finish, your podcast is fun. It's fan-friendly and always full of welcome surprises. The hosts are entertaining, the news and anecdotes are informative, and the show clips will soon lure me to pay up to part with my cash. Oh, lovely. Oh, lovely. Everything about it is great, except one thing. Oh, no. Would you maybe consider using something other than vibraphone music for your background sound? (laughs) It's at odds with the host's upbeat style. It's like combining a Russell Howard routine with harp music. Mm. I haven't heard very many Howard routines, but what I've heard would not be improved by Lorena McKennett playing whilst he spoke. 
I try to focus on the big finish discussions, but that leisurely ambient sound makes me want to take a nap. Maybe pub noise, people t- talking, glasses clinking, chairs scraping, <laughs> the occasional dishware clatter uh, would work better. Or light traffic and street sound. <laughs> Anything but slow, repetitive vibraphone tones. Well, not anything. Please, no opera singers. Sincerely, Laurie uh, Anderson, Athens, Georgia, US of A. Well, that's an interesting one, isn't it? I'm really fond of that vibraphone music. It's that stuff you did, isn't it? Certainly did. Yeah, I mean, vibraphones are a good multi-instrument. I feel they can they can be fun and playful, but also good for mystery stories Bling. well you did the music for we had a competition for people to design a cover for Vortex magazine the Big Finish free magazine available uh, digitally free off the mm. site um, and uh, you were riffing on there was an old programme called Vision On and they used to have the the gallery where people would send in their pictures and when they showed the pictures it would have this and I just very quickly when we decided to do it I remember I emailed you and said Benji can you do a rip off of that <laughs> and you went yes I was at the keyboard <laughs> yeah. it was delivered in 15 minutes I think rock um, and roll and, and then I loved it so much that I thought something's quite relaxing because we used to have very much dun 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 it was quite yeah newsy wasn't it yeah and there we are sort of chatting about death to the Daleks and laughing and messing around and it just didn't seem to suit it i just think also the noise of a pub although benji and i are alarmingly familiar with that noise uh, well i think that might just set it might be the wrong tone laura laurie sorry not laura sorry about that um so i'll i'll take your um well let's just have a few examples of the kind of music we could have kind of noises uh. well you decide listeners let us know here's a quickie from larry van mersbergen hello nick and benji big fan of the podcast recently quoted mr briggs on another podcast about the day of the daleks being the best book by terence dix i agree your tribute was spot on love the podcast and always tell my listeners to tune in larry larry van mersbergen host and producer of the doctor who collectors podcast just type that give him in. a listen guys yeah, yeah give him um, a listen i have to say i don't know whether i said it was the best book i'd said it was the first one i'd read in a day so i had an extra special um affection for it Anyway, uh, since that was so short, I'll do another one. Uh, from Tenniel Sullivan. <laughs> Just hesitated over the name then. But uh, yes. Uh, Hi there, Nick and Benji. Long time listener, first time caller. I was wondering whether we will get a second or third or fourth Missy series. I found the first one truly amazing and think it would be a shame if we didn't get more content with Missy without a doctor. I was also wondering if we will see an appearance by Rufus Hounds Monk anytime soon. I would love to see him in the Time War. Finally, I would like to express my gratitude for Big Finish. 
I've been listening for just over a year now. Well, that's quite short. And they have really helped me to pass the time between series and TV show and gave me a new perspective on the eighth Doctor. Uh, thanks, Teniel, or Ten, if you struggle to pronounce that. Well, it's spelt T-E-N-I-E-L. Teniel is how I'm pronouncing it. Uh, or if it was two right. N's, it'd be Teniel. Teniel, to me, to a, you, Teniel. To you, Teniel. Well, there's a, there's a, a wrestler called Teniel Dashwood. It's there. That's all, yeah, that's, that's, that's the only Teniel. Yeah, who knows? Anyway, there, there will there will be more uh, Tennille. No, there will be more uh, Missy, and Rufus Hound is coming back as the monk. I won't tell you exactly, but I think some of your wishes might come true. Mm. So how about well, that? That's a, that's a really good, really good way to send in send in questions and get definitive positive answers. Doesn't often Excellent. happen. Let's face it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Norm- normally, your people are left with a just imagine. Yeah, and then they punch right. their computer. Not again, not again. Um, here's one from our old favourite, Michael House. Uh, to whom it may concern. Uh oh. No, it's good. One of those. <laughs> uh, I learned that Terence Dict had died uh, from uh, the Big Finish obituary the day it was posted on the website. He wrote or edited many of my favourite Doctor Who stories when I was growing up in the San Francisco Bay area in the late 70s to mid 80s. He also wrote the first Target novelisation that I bought with my own money, The Armageddon Factor. Uh, Armageddon out of here. Only, <laughs> only later would I learn how important he is to Doctor Who, as described elsewhere better than I could possibly say. Uh, his impact will likely outlast us all. Indeed. I think I'll watch my DVDs of Horror of Fang Rock and The War Games again sometime soon. Sincerely, Michael House, Principal Word House Limited, Tokyo, Japan. Um, well, I yes, do you know, just yesterday I found myself with half an hour to spare in the evening because uh, my wife and son had popped out to some school event and I'd finished work and I thought... I fancy a bit of Patrick Troughton. Well, the whole of him, really. Um, and um, I, t- I watched the first episode of The War Games. It's a cracker. It's an absolute cracker. It's a textbook brilliant first episode. Amazing. We all know that it all sort of goes on a bit. <laughs> go, yeah, but, yeah, but, but a as stupid a fool e- you are. And everyone just argues for no apparent reason. But no, it's lovely. I love that story. And I'm, I'm going to watch the rest of it very soon. I love the cliffhanger at the end as well. That's a real yeah. scary Doctor Who moment, yeah. isn't it? The, doc- the Doctor's nearly shot by a firing squad. I know. Most of that firing squad look far too old to be holding a weapon, don't they? <laughs> now, now, just aim somewhere between the, the uh, head and the legs. It doesn't matter where. Um, uh, Corporal, have you got your glasses on? Oh, yes, yes, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> I, I did actually start watching episode two, but ran out of time. And it's interesting in the uh, the next episode, you know, the, the firing squad, several of them just get shot dead. It's pretty ruthless, isn't it? it is. But Doctor Who what, always what, what, was, you know, that people were much less squeamish about death in the old days. I always remember that when uh, Doctor Who came back and Rob Shearman was writing Dalek, there was a serious question in the meetings of whether he could actually have the Dalek kill anyone. Because they went, oh, we don't know whether we can do that anymore. What? That's what they scream exterminate. What do you think they're going to do? <laughs> Give people flowers, of course. Exterminate, and here's a but really me, strong email. But I think, <laughs> I think you know, with an episode like uh, like Dalek, um, 
what you have to kill people it's like it's the whole point of it it. it i had to do it yeah but the whole the whole thing is sort of dependent on the fact that it establishes them for a whole new generation as being utterly horrible killing machines utterly badly just gives them a load of cakes (laughs) but that's cinnamon well (laughs) but that's all from listeners emails this month but we'll be back with more next month and indeed next week Frankly, uh, it amounts to the same thing since it's the 29th of September, um, which is my birthday. Uh, very exciting. Don't forget, podcast.bigfinish.com. <laughs>Time now to delve behind the scenes with the latest instalment of the Ravenous Saga. It features the Eighth Doctor, played by Paul McGann, mm. with Nicola Walker as Liv Chenka mm. and Hattie Morahan as Helen Sinclair. Uh, with a whole clutch of masters as well. Jeffrey Beavers, Michelle Gomez, Eric Roberts, Sir, De- uh, Sir Derek Jacobi. Just... Just so many people. You also did the sound design, Benji. Tell us about that... Cool. Well, it was a, I would say, a titanic job. It was huge. Well, it sunk um, without it's, trace. It sunk without trace, and all because of the ice. Um, <laughs> all because somebody left the freezer open. Um, no, it was it was a big job because a sort of logistically big job as well because so many uh, people recording in so many different places. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was yes. it was a bit of a kind of like a patchwork quilt sort of affair. You know, we had Eric Roberts and uh, Michelle Gomez uh, recording from I think America. And lots of different. She might studios. have been in Canada, actually. I think Canada. Yeah, he wow. was in America. He was in LA. I think. Yeah. So it was. It was a lot of different people in different places. So it was. It took quite a long time to um, mm. to get it all together and make it work. How do you match um, the sort of vocal quality? Because they're all recorded in different studios. It is difficult. I mean, there is there is some variations of quality and things as well, like microphone setups and. You know, it was it was difficult. Um, I think a lot of it is about creating. Uh, well, some of it is is using little toys to just get rid of certain frequencies. Mm. A lot of it's about cre- it's about creating soundscapes around people so that it kind of uh, hides a lot of things. Together. Yeah, and I, I, I think you know the, the good thing is um, there was an awful lot going on in these stories because there are so many different settings you know with with uh, crazy planets and towers and all sorts and so you you get a, a good selection of different things but it was a blast and i think you know never before have i received a script with so many awesome people in and just been like wow this is like like a you know a, a kid at christmas really mm. just thinking i've got all these wonderful things to look forward to and a great bunch of stories as well. Everybody's given a, a chance to, to to shine in it, which I think is brilliant. Lovely. And I, if I if I must say though, I mean, obviously Sir Derek Jacobi is is an absolute dream to to work, you know, to, to yeah. edit for. But the other thing as well is if I could just do a job with Michelle Gomez um, in for everything it would just be fab because it's just it was just so fun even just editing the the sessions just so fun listening to her she's bonkers and it is amazing and half the things you hear her saying uh a lot of it is completely improv it's amazing she's just like she'll just come out she'll just say something in a completely off the wall way (laughs) and and it'll just be like i just gotta leave that in haven't we really it's just too she totally gets the character and it's just yeah. a, it's just a joy an absolute joy oh she's amazing isn't she yeah they're all great 
look at us see we love what we love what we do and we love the people that we do it with it's just it's just amazing but anyway after that little tease from me mm-hmm. let's dive even deeper behind the scenes yes. with ravenous four <laughs> Hello, I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of Ravenous. And I'm Ken Bentley. I'm the director. Story one. Whisper. An interesting one from the point of view of performance. How how did you work out how that should be played for it to work? Well, um, it has to be whispered. So it's going to be a fascinating one, really. We record as much of the voice as we possibly can. So it, you, you try to, although we have properly whispered a few times because we need to, it has to be that in this particular story, but you try to give the whisper as much voice as you can so it's on the voice rather than off the voice. So the microphone's picking something up. I'm Matt Fitton and I wrote uh, Whisper. Shall we? Yes. And over to you. Oh, come on, the still foundation's not far. I hope not, since we're walking on foot, climbing through muddy forests again. This is all for your benefit, you know. Oh, I know. I just thought we might have landed inside. Mm, you know what hospital parking's like. So the Eleven is now part of the TARDIS crew, and they have just defeated the Ravenous. I'm Mark Mag- oh, um, Paul McGann, and... I play the Doctor, would you believe? OK, well, over to you. For a second there, I didn't think you were going to make it. But I did. Thank you, Eleven. You saved my life. He... Liv, was there something you wanted to say? Yes. Eleven, I'm sorry. I beg your pardon. Don't make this any harder for her. <laughs> for ages, when I, as a child, when I watched Doctor Who, I thought the Doctor might be the villain. And maybe that was part of its strength, you know, that that you weren't sure. Thinking back, uh, you knew that the Daleks were, you know, an enemy. And maybe it was in an era where there were anti-heroes or... And when the Master appeared, I liked too the, and still do, the mixed morality of it. You know, because you can run forever with that, quite right too. My name is Mark Bonner and I play the Eleven. We will be protected. Some of the less reasonable members of our group are not happy at all and nearly been wiped off the map. I know. But we survived. We all survived. And if we can deliver, then we can have total protection, even here. You mean, if this world tries to eat us, they'll whisk us away? I mean exactly that. Let me get on. I think the Eleven has managed to gain the trust of the Doctor and Helen, but I think Liv, as always, retains her uh, scepticism, shall we say. Great stuff. And it was, it was fascinating hearing that from you earlier, Benji. Anyway, uh, if you want to catch up with Ravenous, go straight to bigfinish.com. Type in Ravenous 4 on that old search engine at the top. Or maybe even have a good old look at all the Eighth Doctor adventures. All available as digital downloads or collector's CD edition. Yes. Uh, right, brace yourselves. It's time for us to give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. It could be literally anything. That's why we're activating <laughs> the randomoid selectatron. Right. <laughs> You're going to like this one. <laughs> error 404. <laughs> oh, error 404. That's such a brilliant release. 
Is it not working? Is the randomoid selectron crashed? There we go. The Omega Factor Series oh. Two. There oh, we go. Yeah. So it was worth it was worth waiting for, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. The Omega Factor Series Two. Let's hear the trailer. I will not be afraid. My mind is the path through which fear enters the world. And someone walks straight through her. Look, there's something wrong. Something evil. Has been a change? No, sir. They're both stable. Let me introduce Edward Milton. Milton. I remember. You're an MP now, aren't you? Dr. Wyatt. Dr. Reynolds. Let the angel tell thee. Adam. Adam. They're coming. There's something wrong. I, see nothing. I can feel it. I see nothing. Rita, what's happening? What is it? There's something in here with us. Adam, help me! He must be stopped. He must be stopped. Who must? Nineteen eighty-four. Nineteen eighty-five. Or nineteen eighty-four. Nineteen. Oh, no. Adam, help them. <laughs> This is such a great series and it's such a shame um, that uh, we didn't carry on with it. But, you know, uh, it was loved by those who listened to it, but didn't quite have enough people listening to sustain it more than three series. But we've got three great series out of it. There's some lovely episodes in here. I did the music and had such fun doing it as one of the scripts, uh, Let the Angel Tell Thee, is by Louise Jameson, who, of course, plays the lead character, as she did back in the old TV series back in the 1970s. And John Dorney, a writer who writes loads of stuff for us, also uh, very much an actor. I think he, he, you know, he, I think he was an actor first and foremost, but also has a, a beautiful talent for writing fantastic scripts and stories. John plays the second lead in this and is absolutely amazing really fascinating character uh, on the cover of this it looks like he's uh, owning up to doing something little surreptitious but i won't <laughs> i won't mention anything more about that uh, usually with john the surreptitious thing he's done has eaten all the cake you don't want to get any food near dawny because he's very good at that he'll wolf the lot down yeah loves a bit of that anyway so thoroughly recommended and to get your grabbers on that 25% discount on the Omega Factor Series 2, are we doing it on Series 2 specifically or, or are we going to start people off on a, on a 1? Or... No, we're going to do it on Series 2 because that's what Ran has dictated. That's what Ran's dictated. Well, Ran case, is you... the law. Ran is the law, man. Um, and it's very simple. If you want to do that, all you have to do is go to bigfinish.com, locate this latest podcast, either in the podcast range or up uh, on the homepage. You'll see it there. Uh, click the link marked here uh, and just enter in the top secret code word buck up that's uh, buck up all capital letters no space buck up uh, put that in there uh, no fiddly bits you know no salad dressings <laughs> repeat after me b-u-c-k-u-p bada bing bada boom big bada boom and on that bada boom shell <laughs> it's time for us to say goodbye 
And while we're away plotting our next dastardly podcast, here's the first 15 minutes. It's not a dick dastardly podcast. Uh, I was about to say dick dastardly. No medals for you, (laughs) Muttley. Here's the first 15 minutes of Doctor Who, the first Doctor, volume 03. And E is for by Julian Richards. No, Ian's here. Just me. Oh, I thought... Uh, I'm looking for my friends. My grandfather. How are you? I haven't seen anyone for six months. They usually fill the room with sleeping gas before they bring me food. They're late today, so be careful. I think they're a little distracted right now. There are a lot of guards. Are you sure of that? As sure as I can be. I can hear their thoughts. There aren't any nearby. You can hear their thoughts? Yes, I can. I can hear everyone's thoughts now. Why can't I hear yours? It's the suit I'm wearing. It's designed to absorb energy, all forms of energy, even telepathic. To stop people from reading your mind? To stop me from killing everyone I've ever known. (gasps) Don't worry, I have no intention of killing you. I have no intention of killing anyone ever again. That doesn't fill me with confidence. I can't see anyone being filled with confidence by me at the best of times, even when I'm not in a containment cell. The force field between us should be some reassurance, though. Why are you here? Why are you here? I ask first. And I'm the one who's supposed to be here. I've had six months alone in this room. I started talking to myself after the third day. I'm tired of the sound of my own voice. I'm looking for my friends. So you said... Your grandfather and uh, Ian, was it? And Barbara. I thought they were here, but I've opened every cell in the whole facility. Every cell? (laughs) Rage is going to love that. I thought you were tired of the sound of your own voice. I'm also not used to conversation. Even before. I'm sorry. Please, what happened to your friends? We landed just outside the capital. Grandfather had insisted we go and explore the city, in spite of everything that happened the last time we did that. I sensed there was something different on Malchus. Not that we knew it was called Malchus yet. There was something in the air. At first, something felt wrong, disjointed. I could just feel it on the edge of my awareness. Ian and Barbara couldn't feel it, but I could. Grandfather said he almost noticed it, but I think he was just humouring me. There 
was something changing in me. It was making me feel stronger, like I was unstoppable, like anything was possible. As we grew nearer the city, though, it changed. The feeling was still there, but, but it was like I was channeling it, not feeling it, like it was something else that was unstoppable. And I was stood in its path. The headache started as soon as we entered the city, like a, a buzzing in my mind. The further in we got, the louder and fiercer it grew. It wasn't until we'd reached the square that I realised it was my telepathy. It had always been stronger than grandfather's, but now it was out of control. I was hearing every thought of every person around me, but I couldn't stop them and it hurt. It hurt so much. I tried to tell grandfather, but before I could, the man was screaming. He screamed in his thoughts just before he screamed out loud. It was too much, too much noise in my mind. I, I collapsed. The others didn't see. They were already rushing to help him. No one else would, though. No one would help him. They just pulled away, scared, disgusted, thinking the same word with such hatred. Gifted. Yes. How did you know? It's what they call us, people with powers like yours or mine. I think it's supposed to be ironic. And what was his gift? He was firing lightning from his fingertips. He couldn't control it, just like I couldn't control my powers. Barbara and Grandfather tried to help him. I can only remember flashes, security officers, Ian trying to keep them away from the screaming man, fear, the security men taking my friends away. I'm sorry. I, I know what it's like when... Go on. I managed to clear my mind. It wasn't easy. And it took a while. But you did? Yes. I went to the Supreme Protectorate Security Office, but it had been too long. My friends were already gone, so I tried to find some thought about them. You went into their minds? It was more like eavesdropping. Well, once I'd got it under control, enough to tune people's thoughts out it was. Eventually I found someone thinking about the incident in the square about how much they hated working with something called Spear. They're not the only ones. So I started listening for references to Spear, and that's when I heard about this place, the Weapon E Project. A secret prison hidden in the mountains, built to contain prisoners of special interest to Spear. I was sure it was where they'd taken Grandfather and the others, Time was far from easy. So you came here? I found an official with clearance passes for the facility, and he didn't notice when I took them. Didn't notice? I... I altered his perception, but only a little, just enough to think he had the passes and so that he wouldn't see me. Then I made my way here. And what did you do when you got here? I let everyone out. I managed to get into the control room to try and find some record of where they were holding Grandfather. 
they didn't have a record, so I just opened all the cells. And that's when I learned what prisoners of special interest meant. It meant gifted. Hundreds of prisoners, all of them gifted with the most incredible powers. I saw a girl made of flame, a man made of ice, another with wings like an angel. It would have been so wonderful if they weren't so scared. And then the guards started shooting. I didn't realize what would happen. I didn't think. I didn't think. I felt fear turn to anger. And then they were fighting, attacking the guards, trying to get out. I tried to see if I could find Grandfather or Ian or Barbara, looking for their thoughts in the chaos, but they weren't there. And then I saw there was one cell that hadn't been opened that couldn't be opened from the control center. And so you came here, and you found me. I'm sorry. Why? Oh, for so many reasons. But right now, because I'm not whom you were looking for, you should go now, before the guards realize you're in here. Why did you shut down the So force? you can get out too, come on! You have no idea who I am, what I've done, what I could do! I read the thoughts of the other prisoners. I know what's been happening here. What the Weapon E project has done to them, to you. No one deserves that. No matter who they are or what they've done. You don't know what I've done. You don't know why I'm here. Because you're gifted. I meant in this cell. The highest security cell in the highest security prison on Malchus. Don't you even care why I'm the one in here? Why are you in here? Because I am Weapon E. You're... Weapon E. Weapon Evolution. The first of Spears' superhuman shock troopers. The next stage in military evolution. I don't like it any more than you do. That's why I ended up in here. But I don't... You don't what? What is it? Someone's coming. I can hear them. I can hear her thoughts. She... Rage. It's rage, isn't it? Her mind is harder to read. Like she knows someone's trying to listen to her thoughts. Sounds like I can hear enough to know that Colonel Maria Rage is a monster. Every one of those filthy creatures is out of their cages. We put down a dozen, but Riker says at least as many have got out onto the mountain. When this is done, I'll have Riker put down. Someone let this happen. Someone made this happen. Animals! Now the force field's down in Weapon E's cell. If it gets out... Oh, that must touch me. I need a shower. Once they're all dead or back in their pens. This'll set the research back months. I'll need new test subjects. They were dying too quickly as it was. Oh, that one actually did touch me. I feel clean. Forget the shower, I need a damn bath. Is this how monsters think? No, not monsters. Daleks! This is how Daleks think! How did this happen? How could someone get past all the defences without being seen? Without being seen? Without being... Unless they were... Oh, no. Unless they made us think we couldn't see them just like before. They've gone straight to Weapon E's cell. And I've had this tingling feeling in the back of my mind. No! 
no! Hello, telepath! <laughs> gotcha! Just switch my neural inhibitor on and get you out of my mind! You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review, and if you're feeling a bit cheeky, subscribe. <laughs>